0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today we're gonna be asking the question, do you have to like the Pope?
1: That's right, we're gonna look at a Catholic's obligations towards the Pope, when we have to listen to him, when we have to agree with him, and so much more.
2: Some people like the Pope, but I think we should love Love. the Pope.
0: That was your best Puerto Rican accent. <laughs> I mean, I'm going for it, man. Yeah, I grew I, I, up in a
2: big community of Puerto Rican.
0: Shout no, of out, course Steve you did. Silver, yeah. yeah. the Bronx, baby. Hey, man, the boogie, boogie down. down Bronx, ah, baby.
2: Let's go. No, but I, I think you know this is a very important topic. Obviously, leadership at every corner of society is under attack, yeah. and and whenever you step into leadership, there's always going to be criticism. And I think criticism it comes in both both avenues. C- criticism that seeks to destroy. Or criticism that is constructive, and you know, I know for myself in leadership in a small manner, um, the criticism that I've received has helped to form me like uh, Fulton Sheen expresses to the laity, you know, their responsibility toward their priest. So the responsibility that I've had in response to the people that I've served has always kind of guided me in mm. getting better in the state of becoming. Our humanity is always in a state of becoming. Von Balthazar goes into that uh, kind of anthropology in a, in a beautiful sense. And and our leadership, including the Pope, is always in a state of becoming and blossoming. And we have to respect the organic growth of the human person and respect authority and leadership and pray, especially uh, for leadership, which is a part of every liturgy when it comes to Catholic leadership as it relates to the bishop and the pope. So what, you know, starting out, like thinking about liking the pope, what what are the things that come to mind in respect to that? Can I be frank? Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm
1: going to be frank here. Very appropriate. I'm right. Being frank, and that's a pun, is that I think during the pontificate of Pope Francis, we see this more than ever, where people are openly criticizing, openly fomenting disunity with the Pope because they are almost treating him like a politician where he has a party platform, or he has policies that you can disagree with.
2: That's a great point. I mean, it's like the the whole sense of like our partisan relationships and how strained those are in society, just politically. Mm-hmm. Now we're employing that to the Pope. That makes yeah. a ton of sense.
0: And and the other thing is like, I remember in the seminary, um, you know, the internet just kind of just came out. I yeah. mean, it wasn't like, it, it's become so ubiquitous, right? And then um, there's all these factors that drive it. Mm-hmm. Right now where, you know, you're paying attention to how many people view something. You're seeing this as like, I, I think it, mater- it has materialized uh,
1: in a way that we have to understand, too, as well.
2: Yeah, and, and that virality upholds
1: objective truth. Right. Like, well, on the internet, doesn't disunity and discord and contention are rewarded. Yes. They're rewarded for a couple By of algorithm. By, by algorithms. So mm-hmm. you have more comments, the algorithm says more people are engaged. Yeah. More people are engaged— the more people it's delivered to, the more people view it. It creates a flywheel. Yep. So people are incentivized, particularly Catholic influencers, Catholic celebrities, are incentivized to bring these topics up, right? And I think we've done a good job in our five years of kind of trying not to muckrake, right? Yeah.
2: And we've done that intentionally intentionally. and out of prayer, and -hmm. it's like we're not doing anything to help the mystical body of Christ or the church or the world by participating in what is becoming the wild, wild west of online traction. But it's a fair question.
1: What do Catholics... What are our obligations to the Pope? Do we have to like the Pope? Mm -hmm. Do we have to agree with the Pope's policies? Where is our obligation in
2: all this? Yeah, I think that's so good, and we we need to turn to canon law for guidance, you know, because... The you know when it comes to law, it is very very precise in its in its emphasis on who the supreme pontiff is. So I want to go right to Canon three three two. So this expresses the Roman pontiff, and this goes to what you're saying. Or like is he just like a politician, or the Roman pontiff obtains full and supreme power in the church. Like, let's just stop there and realize that this is who the pontiff is, and it's like that saying that I love, you aren't going to be more Catholic than the Pope. He upholds full and supreme power in the church by his acceptance of legitimate election together with his Episcopal consecration. Therefore, a person elected to the Supreme Pontificate, who is marked with Episcopal character, obtains this power from the moment of acceptance. If the person elected lacks Episcopal character, however, he is to be ordained a bishop immediately. This is somebody who's not a a presbyter.
1: Well, okay. So by the virtue of him being in the office, in the chair of St. Peter, he has supreme authority in the church. Okay. But – I think even in today's day and age, let's look at that. You, the answer to that is there's a lot of people say, well, he's not the pope. He's not mm-hmm. the real pope. Well, for a couple of reasons. Well, let's say we're going to go back and say there hasn't been a real pope since John the 23rd, right? They got the your set of a contest. Then you have the people say, well, he's not really the pope because Pope Benedict was forced to resign." You got you, so you're finding people doing mental gymnastics yeah. to avoid having to realize the fact that the Pope is the Pope and as a Catholic you can either like it or mm-hmm. not
2: right? and and there's there's so much conspiracy in every oh, corner yeah. and, and we've ha- covered this in the shows too but even like the conspiracies around John Paul II and John Paul the yeah. you know the, the, practically the shortest you know reign is Pope and John the first John Paul the and then one of the longest reigning mm-hmm. popes in John Paul II you know again it's like when it comes to the structure of the church and you look at this supreme power and then you skip down uh, to 333, by virtue of his office, namely the pope, the Roman pontiff, the pope, not only possesses power over the universal church, but also obtains the primacy of ordinary power over all particular churches and groups of them. So that means like the sense of, of your diocese, wherever you are. Um, moreover, this primacy strengthens and protects the proper, ordinary, and immediate power which bishops possess in the particular churches entrusted to their care. So it talks about the immediate power of your bishop in your diocese. So you have the relationship with your bishop and the pope. Yep. How does that – but there's the, I think there's
1: the danger that people say, well, that starts to border on ultramontanism, right, where it's like the pope – micromanages everything at every level like and and like here's like a legitimate i would say or a criticism of the pope around the latin mass right for whatever that's worth i you know, I'm, i try not to get too involved in all this but the suppression of the latin mass the pope in his role as a universal pastor decided that it would be better for church unity to suppress the latin mass A lot of people disagree with that. And I mean, look, Mm -hmm. when you start to kick the hornet's nest that is the Latin mass community and take away the thing that they're so spiritually connected to, you're hitting them right in their faith. Mm -hmm. And that's a difficult thing for a lot of people to swallow. But then when you start getting into, well, in the, the decree, you're not even allowed to promote the Latin mass in your church bulletin. Well, that starts to get, I would say, bordering on ultramontanism. Like, why is the Pope saying what you can can't yeah. mm-hmm. publish in your bulletin? Like, mm-hmm. what's next? You can't publish your spaghetti dinner, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so, the, so I would say that starts to become something where people think they have a legitimate contention to, mm-hmm. right? And so is there ever a time where contention with the Pope is valid or even a good thing, right? Because mm-hmm. I can't imagine that not every statement of the pope is binding to the faithful
2: and 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 the same respect not every statement of the pope is infallible right and and you may have in a number of occasions uh, a pastoral discourse in relationship to pope francis's perspective on the gospel mm-hmm. and then leadership and what ought to be happening in the universal church yeah. under his watch as the supreme authority so and and under his care so of course, the Pope, the successor of St. Peter, is going to necessarily respond to the charge of Christ to Peter, tend my flock, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. feed my flock. And, and that, is, that is a requirement placed on the shoulders, the broad shoulders of every Pope in every generation. And it's a challenge because unity is attacked in every respect, subjectively in our own flesh, and then also communally, most especially um, in relationship to the particular churches, the dioceses around the country, and and whatnot. So, when you when you hear the humanity of the Pope expressing his perspective on what should be happening on the local level, he has every right to do that as the Pope. We just read that he has that right to do that. Uh, however. There's also the most immediate authority, which is your bishop mm-hmm. and and the pastoral authority of your pastor. And they have rights. Exactly, yeah. so we all have rights yeah. in respect to that and we have the right to subsidiarity yeah. in the church. Yeah. And catechetically, the church will always uphold that, but it is within the structures of the hierarchical nature of the church and how the church is upheld in governance and law and then how the church is held in spirit. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is, it it requires all of these realities. Mm-hmm. Right. So a bishop
0: can say, you know what? The priest said you can't publish the spaghetti dinner. And I, I tell you, like, I see the spirit of what he said. You can put the spaghetti dinner
2: in your bulletin. It's, right. Right. it's obedience, right? Yeah. Like That's it, it, it word, comes yeah. down
0: to obedience.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, let's talk about obedience mm-hmm. because I mean, even even like you you're supposed to honor your father and your mother, right? And and fathers and mothers are not perfect. I know I'm not. So where does this honor come in as a commandment? And what is the spiritual blessing and the benefit we have to honor, mm-hmm. right? Like dishonoring the pope, right? If he makes these decisions and thinks what what does that look like? What does that what's the impact on my soul? you know well, what, and then what is it, it how does obedience factor into that yeah right like if my mom tells me hey mm. go out and you know hang with a prostitute right and i say no i'm not i don't think mama de is gonna say that no i'm
1: just kind of giving up example
0: she she's never done that not yet but. not
2: yet
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i think obedience is a really that's a big part of all this right yeah and i think maybe that is the heart of the matter is look we have to be obedient to the pope but what about when we've Kind of fundamentally disagree with what he's asking us to be obedient on. Is there gradation? Is there some things that we are owed full that we owe full obedience in other areas where we have more leeway? Like I remember, and also like specifically, I'm
0: speaking about bishops and you know the the rights that canonically a pastor has, a a priest has for a a parish. I was talking to Tetlow about this yesterday. He's like. We have a, we have a contract like Mm -hmm. it's, you know, for going to a parish and we have rights that were given to us in 1960 or whenever they came out with this stuff. And it was, I was very curious about that. And it's pretty interesting to me that the church is set up that way Mm -hmm. to give freedom to
1: people. Right.
0: Even though there's this supreme authority. Yeah. yeah. So,
2: so to that freedom, uh, catechism, 1883, um, the teaching of the church has elaborated the principle of subsidiarity, according to which, quote, a community of a higher order should not interfere in the internal life of a community of a lower order, depriving the latter, the lower order, of its functions, but rather should support it in case of need and help to coordinate its activity with the activities of the rest of society, always with a view to the common good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this guy comes from Pius XI, that that quotation toward the end. Mm -hmm. So what we have to realize is the church's lower order of what's happening on the local level must be upheld by subsidiarity and our role and our function. That is our function, right? It's calling us to an action, a liturgia, a work, right? Mm-hmm. However, the higher order needs to help to coordinate its activity in relationship to the whole. Mm-hmm. So it, it it creates this church that listens it creates this church that cooperates and coordinates it creates these moments of dialogue and communication and you know depending on leadership style the leader has to make a choice at some point it has it has and that's what people are crying out for they're like say something express something mm. do something stand and defend the faith do all of this stuff but if it's communicated contrary to that person's position yeah, yep. keep your mouth shut yeah <laughs>
1: I think this whole conversation extends to bishops mm-hmm. too, not yeah. just the yeah. big because yeah. it's the contention's there. Yeah. And I would say that a lot of this is is because of the weaponation of weaponization of the internet. Mm-hmm. You would never have um experienced this a thousand years ago.
2: Yeah. Chances are your average turnip farmer didn't even know who the pope was and and but even too like for us growing up you know you were talking about in college and internet like i remember getting on the internet for the first time yeah like in the in the late 90s you know and like lincolnparkmp 3 <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and it's like you know that was such a great time when music <laughs> so that was so we weren't entering into these like chat forums of like, uh-huh. what, are you saying? what are you talking about the Pope? You know, like, yeah, it was yeah. JP 2 man. Like yeah. we love, we love JP 2 So even for Benedict, Benedict was right on that bridge. Yeah. We started to see memes that were very disrespectful to the Pope. Yeah. I still remember those as like the, uh, Darth Maul or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, Palpatine. <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> you know, but like we saw a little bit of that, but now like Pope the Francis is the like pitbull? digital continent. He, you're the Pope. yeah, yeah. And yeah. the church does not know how uh-huh. to uphold the supreme authority in this digital context. It's yeah. a very, yeah. That's very true. I,
0: and that's why I started with that because you have to understand the circumstances that we're in and then the benefit of a private company to, to sow these seeds yeah. in our community. It's yeah. like, Plato's cave, right? Like you're looking at something. It's 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 not the reality. It's yeah. a shadow of something that's being cast upon that's you. That's right. Mm. Right? And and if you can't figure it out, you're going to be in this hole mm-hmm. the rest of your life, yeah, yeah. right? Like the turnip farmer, yeah. right? Never for millennia mm-hmm. nobody's ever re- even looked at this stuff. Yeah. And the first time we start this process, there is a private or a public company incentive to keep you there. Yeah. And that's how they do it, that's right? Yeah. I, you, When we went on the internet, we were not in, even in these discourses, yeah. right? Yeah. Now the discourses are the largest companies in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, and to it's that point, excellent point, did the turnip farmer in Latvia know who the bishop of Milan was? And did no. he care about his orthodoxy or his statement on the liturgy.
0: The German synod. Like yeah, all yeah, these yeah. things um, like that they, we're, they we're forced
2: to care about because they sow seeds on the of contention. But not only not only that, I, I love this example, but did he know his own bishop? <laughs> you probably knew your own bishop <laughs> maybe, because you have to maybe, pray for him in the liturgy. True. But true. who that turnip follows, you know, he knows who Jesus is mm-hmm. and he knows who his pastor is. Right. And I think sometimes in the
1: day-to-day life, we can be overly concerned about the nonsense ecclesial
2: political <laughs> nature of the church and yeah. not just our faith and, and this is this is great so the bishop should be more yeah you know like yeah like i want my bishop to stand up
1: and be a yeah uh,
2: like like no like we're missing the point <laughs> yeah you should be more yeah your priest should be more your pastor should be more yeah you're you know like if we realize and the capacity, I'm the one changing
0: the church here behind my keyboard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what what on earth is going on in these people's
2: minds, right? To where this is actually the, a reality the, the, in their the lives. It's tr- the truth, though, <laughs> and I and I don't mean to laugh. Like my my heart goes out to people because they're caught up in that same intention's dynamic. The intention's dynamic. good. The intention's so good. So you want th- a healthy church. So the principle of subsidiarity is that. So you know the and the church is always going to uphold that you know, society needs to be renewed by the reform of the church. And where does that reform take place? It's always grassroots. In your it's always the mystics. It's always the movements. Look throughout history, you know, and then a new order is formed by the the animation and, and conversion of St. Francis or uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola and Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross. And it comes from us, yeah. You know, it's that lower order, yep. you know, so, but, but it does, it takes, it takes both and we need to respect, like, like Bishop Polmeyer is phenomenal in respecting the authority of the pastor and the structures of the church and wants to come and help cooperate and coordinate. He, he does it masterfully. Mm-hmm. He's a new, he's a new bishop, but he does that masterfully right Respecting that space and authority. He's not coming to leverage this community so that he can have this impact. He's right. trying to educate his priests. he's yep. trying to educate his people and s- establish the structures of the diocese so that it can be ordered toward unity right. and Concord. In order to do that, you have to have your priests. you've got to have your your parish right. structures. it's like um, it's like Saint Stephen of Hungary he he unified hungary as as you know like a catholic nation you know he was the one who established in the in the late 900s into the early you know 11th century um that sense of organization and structures he wasn't going to be there at every level and trying to he respected the order mm-hmm. you know so it's, it takes both they're not like governors or senators who are preparing for a run for the presidency in
1: four years. But everyone thinks like that because CNN and Fox News and MSNBC have pumped billions of dollars into training you to think like that. Mm-hmm. And they've turned the whole church into the same Republican, Democrat, boring political divide that sells more tied soap pods in the commercial breaks. <laughs> That's not the church. That is not it. And we've got to get out of that mindset. So can you disagree with the Pope? Yeah. You know, I mean. Do you have, but to back to the original question, do you have to like the Pope? Do you have right? to like the Pope? You have to pray for him. I mean, do you think people will love the theophylacti Popes? Do you think so?
2: (laughs) They were the most miserable popes. And if you don't know who the theophylacti are, you need to watch this video right now. Yeah, we did a video on
1: the seven worst popes in the history of the church. And the greater majority of them were the theophylacti, who were the Beverly Hillbillies of Rome. (laughs) Coming in there, having incestuous relationships. if you want to be shocked, watch that episode. Did you have to like that pope?
2: Yeah. Father Rich, did you? No. No? uh, but so I so then I you would don't have, have to, to like the pope. I, you know the the, the did you po- have to pray for him. Yeah, you have to pray for them, there you go. And, and you have to pray for the pope. It is a part of every liturgical practice. You have to pray for the pope in your rosary. You know, and that's that's a great tradition, a strong tradition. And where did that come from? Subsidiarity. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Or, it, or when you're getting a um, indulgence, some a lot of times the requirement is to pray for the intentions
2: of the pope. Yes. Yeah, in almost every almost case, almost yeah. every case, yeah, for indulgences, you pray for the pope uh, because what it, it comes from his office, yeah. <laughs> it but from it's from also an,
0: it's also an action of the Holy Spirit, yes, um, in in the church mm-hmm. to to mm-hmm. guide the hearts and minds of of all the faithful to pray
2: for the pope. It's it's not something we just made up, and and when it comes down to it, this is also written in law, and it's important to realize that the law is governing our behavior as Catholics.
1: There's a really great canon in the canon law, canon 754, and it talks about the faithful's duty, right? Because we were talking about, okay, what do we have to actually do? And Mm -hmm. what can we even do? What are, what can we even accomplish as the laity?
0: Yeah. Like the thing I, I like about canon law is it, it, it includes the disposition of the human soul, right? Like the, the, the reality that you live in. And so if you have a problem, you can go before, a court that has, it's actually beautiful code, right? And it, and it materializes in front of somebody that makes a, a judgment and a pronouncement. You put that in juxtaposition to the court of law on the internet, right? Which is like, <laughs> I heard this okay. from some that's guy excellent. that's got a microphone that's and excellent. he's got clear intentions, yes. right? And those intentions are made manifest mm. to me and then I can make a judgment immediately, mm-hmm. right? And you look at like our comment boxes and whatnot, and yeah, we, we get a lot of flack or whatever, but the stuff that I like the most is when somebody says, I came to know Christ or Mary, yeah. right? Through some of your content. That's the purpose. This is the intention yeah. that we have. That's yes. It. Right? Yes. And it's very clear. And and not only that, but God blessed our friendship yeah. in five yeah. years, through thick and thin, mm-hmm. uh, your parish has become, you know, we've mm-hmm. become a part of your pastoral care in
1: the church. I like this to think of myself the, as an honorary parishioner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's cool though. But like w- the, the steps that you make towards God, right, in in love for him and wanting to share that love with others, right, the
1: fruit is clear,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, I like what you said about intention. What can you even accomplish by Talking junk on the internet. What can right. you accomplish? Is there anything that you're going to be able to do to change it? So, no. I mean, I mean, if we look at what the canon that you you're not
2: going
0: to put pressure on the Pope to resign. Like,
1: come
2: on. Yeah. In the same way that you're not like, going to leverage the content by by blasting us. Yeah. And controlling the show <laughs> like Or Controlling our personalities you and your or little our Your
0: computer and your keyboard <laughs> yeah. is going to change our desire to serve God. So then why do people
1: do that stuff? So if they can't change anything by talking or or sowing disunity with the Pope or the bishops... What's the intent? What's their intent? What what can they accomplish? Do they really think that they're going to change... The hierarchy of the church and the laws of the church, and become basically their own pope. Or so we want you right now.
2: If you are that person, we want you (laughs) to (laughs) explain yourself. Okay, trash us first, please. (laughs) But
1: (laughs) what what are they accomplishing then? Because I think like whenever you look at like I I heard heard this once like trying to figure out historical crimes, all you have to do is look at the motivation and who has anything to gain from it, and you can usually find out who's the perpetrator. Yeah, what do they have to gain? Typically by talking. Crap about the pope or the bishops. What do they have to gain?
0: And and, and clout, in Plato's right, clout money. And Plato's analogy of the cave—that those are the people that are casting the vision in front of you. That's right. Right. And so you have to look behind that veil and say, "What is the purpose of this?" And I, I gotta say, like I, I, I hope it's a desire for purity in the church. Yes, we need that. Sure. Right. We do need that. I, I really hope that it's it's well intentioned, but. At best, it's a distraction from like the reality that you're living with your family and your parish to even think about the Pope in that regard, like as part of your mindset. Like, dude, I don't agree with some of the stuff he said. Of course I don't. Mm-hmm. Is is this a motivating factor of my life? Mm-hmm. I can't do anything about mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. And that reality of not being able to do anything about it has sort of cast me over here
2: mm-hmm. to where I'm caring about other things. Yeah the things that matter in my life. and, And I think down to like care, and I think this is a perfect segue. So if the Pope says something that, you know, like, huh, what's going on here? I don't immediately jump on anybody's side. Like, oh, this party over here is running to the defense of the Pope. This party over here is running to attack what the Pope said. As a subject of the Holy Father, I'm attentive. Mm. I'm listening. I'm valuing. In obedience, I'm I'm subjectively saying, "Okay, Holy Father, like, what are you communicating to us right now? Let me be attentive and prayerful about it." Right. I don't want to run into a combative forum of this this kind of uh, hyperactivity. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: hyperactivity. In your brain. Yes. You're hyper. It's like, slow down. Slow your freaking roll, homie. <laughs> like, <laughs> golly. Like, I think everyone really... Like, does. God just has no control yes. over anything.
1: Yeah. And we must we must Pride, be assured this Pride. in. Look, Pride. if you want to make the better place, I think you just need to take a look at yourself and make a change. You need to look at the yeah. man in the mirror. <laughs> and you need to ask them to change <laughs> their ways. <laughs> Start with <laughs> the man in the mirror. But... I think that that was either Michael Jackson or Lego Batman. I can't remember (laughs) who said that. Um, But you're right. Like, okay, it is hyperactivity, and it is a – like, you're not going to change anything. And all Christians, and all Catholics particularly, owe their fidelity to the pope as the visible sign of unity in the church. That is the role of
2: the church. And now this takes place – you know, this takes us right back. What does canon law say? What is the law saying to the subjects? Why would we cat- look at canon law? I mean, come on. Can't you make your own assessments? <laughs> this is, is you why. You mean canon law? Because like, otherwise it would just be chaos.
1: Everyone's <laughs> their On own YouTube, <laughs> I learned this today
0: about how awful he is.
2: This is why. Oh, the whole
0: a- church is infested. We got to get them all out, wow, man. <laughs> this is why
2: we need to yeah. return to the word of God. We yes. need to return to the catechism. Mercy. We need to return to the foundational Pentecost church, the church of Pentecost, at the very beginning. Mm. We need to return and enter into meditative, contemplative prayer in that space so that as we reform the church under the guidance and guidelines of canon law and the word of God, it's constantly a fount of new. It's, it's behold, I make all things new. That That reality is what the church must do today as an instrument of the renewal of society and the pope is the supreme authority of that instrument and how should we respectfully approach the pope as catholics canon 754 i believe says it all really so all christ's faithful are obliged to observe the constitutions and decrees you need to read canon law with precision what is it saying? What is it not saying? Right. Good okay. Point. All Christ's faithful are obliged to observe. Keep that underlined. Observe the constitutions and decrees which lawful ecclesiastical authority issues for the purpose of proposing doctrine or of prescribing erroneous opinions. This is particularly the case of those published by the Roman pontiff, or by the College of Bishops. That's excellent. It's very clear. You know, and, and it's also just like what I was talking about before. I'm going to sit, I'm going to be quiet, I'm going to slow down, I'm going to review and observe and pray. Yeah.
1: And yeah. a posture of receptivity.
2: That's the biggest thing. We You have to be receptive and try to discern what is the value in what's being communicated.
0: Yeah. You have to see the good mm-hmm. in the other, mm-hmm. you know, or the good that they're
1: seeking. Yes. Because, you know, yeah, good that they're seeking. Um, can you read that in Latin too? Omnes
2: Christi Fidelis. I don't know. Obligatium. Obligatium. You have to sing it. Yeah, yeah. You got to so cool. chant it.
1: Um, it's cool. This one puts the. No, that canon is great. Law in That's Old cool. Latin it's in Latin too. Yeah. Yeah. But like, okay, we are obliged to follow the constitution of decrees. Are we obliged to follow everything the Pope says on an airplane? Nope. No. 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 No, but we should be receptive to it because he's the Pope. But it's not a decree. It's not a constitution. That's not binding. If the Pope says, who am I to judge about gay people? That's what he's saying on an interview on the plane. That's mm-hmm. not an official decree. And by canon law, yeah.
0: That's what they're asking Mm -hmm. us to observe.
1: Yeah. We don't have to. We should be listening to it because he's the sign of
2: unity Mm -hmm. and we should be receptive. Mm -hmm. And listen to the heart of a pastor who's communicating something about a group of people in the world that is due your act of charity. There you go. (laughs) And like I think about Mm -hmm. Father Larkin, right? Mm -hmm. We had him on the
0: show. Mm -hmm. What a gentle. Oh, my gosh. Like, but the guy's like 80, whatever, four. I don't even know, right?
1: No, he's
0: 80. No, 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 no. We get
2: this wrong every time. He was eight. You said 89. No, he was 87. No, he was 88, turning 89. And we said he was 89. Yes. Yeah. So now I believe he's 89, I hope. Sorry, Father. But my point is,
0: what a gentle soul. Oh, yeah. Like, imagine him as the Pope. Like, he might. He's eighty, whatever, right? So he's gonna he he might say some silly things. He might be off a little bit tomorrow because he's eighty freaking nine. But he's got giant hands. He can smash coke those
2: things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he does have some massive hands. <laughs> but, but I but don't you, know. I, but you also or, have the, to,
1: or the skulls of heretics.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and and I I would not I would not approach the Holy Father in that sense in, in respect to like you know yeah he could just kind of wake up and be older and and kind of slip up here or there. Like there is, there is very uh, intentional people around the Holy Father to uphold the interests of His intentions, mm. and that can po- be dangerous. Great, though, and like, it can yeah, be, it, it can, really, it can yeah, be dangerous. Is. And and you know, it's like it's the same, it's the same thing with uh, with JP two toward the end of his life. Like yeah. a lot of a lot of his uh, works were done, and and he made very decisive um, you know decisions along the way. But it was his it was his people that were upholding him in these pastoral opportunities. Oh, yeah, of he leaned on well, Benedict
1: really hard, mm-hmm. and I think when Benedict saw his strength fail, failing, he recognized that he might not have the same thing. I mean, that was one of the primary reasons was he yeah. was, you know, the, the people around him were losing his trust, and he's like, I don't have the energy to guide this, and I, it could get out of control.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But you know, then I were talking about different popes, like again. There's going to be different personalities in the popes. Whoever the next pope is, he might be a completely different personality, and a different set of people will like him or not. I mean, there's there's an interpersonal aspect mm-hmm. to this, right? I was particularly, um, you know, really kind of into Pope Benedict, right? JP two was really a your thing, right? Some people really love Pope Francis, and uh, some people don't. You still have to pray for him. You still have to be faithful to him. Otherwise, what you're not going to make yourself the only po- you're not going to make yourself the pope by complaining. You're yeah, not gonna God's not going to see you
0: at the gates of heaven and be like, you know what? I didn't like that guy mm-hmm. either. Come on, let's go. <laughs> let's go into heaven.
1: Yeah, that one was kind of <laughs> that one was kind of a dud. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. you know.
0: Look, man, I can't do everything. Okay. <laughs> well,
1: you can. Thank I, God I, think, for you. I
2: think a lens to look through scripturally <laughs> is how does Jesus love Peter?
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. like.
2: How does Jesus love people? Well, I
1: think Jesus said something very, very clear on the matter of this, and this is from um, Matthew chapter twenty-three. You know, talking about the scribes and the Pharisees, and I think this really applies to the bishops. You know, mm-hmm. he said. Uh, then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, "The scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore, do and observe Here's all things, again. whatever Whatsoever. they tell you, but yeah. do not follow their example, for they preach but do not practice." But he's saying, look, they are our legitimate ecclesial authorities. Structures. Observe. Yes. Now, if they're on the side doing terrible things like bishops now and throughout history or scribes and Pharisees, look, people are people. There's always going to be people who manipulate positions of power for their own wicked benefit.
2: It's going to happen. And, and then, you, But the seats are there and the seats are protected by the Holy Spirit. And if yeah. you
1: don't believe that, you're not Catholic.
2: Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, the whole sense of like rend unto Caesar, what is Caesar's rend unto God, what is God's is the same, is the same manner of respecting the structures and the authority that God, like, look at Pontius Pilate, like, you know, Jesus expresses, where did you receive your authority? Where did Pontius Pilate receive his authority from the very structures of what is in this world? Mm. You know, God, God is active in, in, in all of this. And we have free will in relationship to how we interact with these I don't structures. know if I want free will anymore. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do, I do so have I'm a problem with authority, you. though. You know, like when somebody puts
0: up a 35-mile-an-hour speed sign, I'm like, this is stupid. It should be 45. And I tell myself I should do it. It's that simple. I don't respect the authority. Mm.
1: Well, I think – and even canon Law – and the catechism says we even have to respect all civil laws. No, now, I know. I'm just I mean, thinking about how
0: I don't sometimes. Okay,
1: but you know, I think, I think look, a lot I of mean, it's that's my a area. lot of it's griping, and you and it's a lot of it's just you know it's parlor talk. I mean, it's interesting stuff to talk about. But look, the reality is, you with seven kids, me with kids, two kids, you with all the people. Do does it matter in your real actual life? And your charge is to get your wife and kids to heaven, same as mine. And your charge is to get the people in your care to heaven. Does it matter what the
2: interpolitics of the College of Cardinals in Rome is doing? Does I, it really to, matter I to I your to life? Conf- I hate to confess. like, and, and if you're asking me that question, I hate to, you know, I, I don't have much time to invest my brain <laughs> yeah. in that. Like, You shouldn't. And I really, I have no desire to. Like, I know who my bishop is. <laughs> I know his name. I've met his family. I love his family. I love bishop. I respect my bishop. I observe what he says, I try to employ it in my leadership here. Can you
1: name five cardinals who are the head of dicasteries?
2: No, I don't even know what a diecast
1: <laughs> is. <laughs> Do you know how to get your kids to mass?
0: <laughs> yeah, I know I to sometimes they have shoes on, it's sometimes uh, they don't. It's late too.
1: <laughs> it's late. Every are the time. cardinals <laughs> handing you your your homilies every morning that you're preparing? Uh, are they handling? are well, cardinal
2: would you, T, uh, you know, sometimes I go all the way okay, back. But <laughs> are they are are they
1: telling you how to deal with the tragedy in your parish? No, mm. it's just. Look, it's a distraction to try to think. Number one, that you can even influence yeah. or affect. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Church and politics. and but uh, but I also want to say too, there are many people and many brother priests too that spend a ton of time in that area. There's there's a there's a need for bureaucracy. Sure. there is a need for uh, collegiality. There's a need for collaboration. There and and it is very very refreshing when you see brothers in unison. And that is ultimately what the bishops, the cardinals—that's what they're working on. And it's it's a hard labor, right? It's if the apostles are struggling with it with Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, we certainly, as large as the church is in all nations, it's it's a challenge. And so, have a little bit of empathy and love for the pope. Have a little bit of empathy and 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 prayer for your bishops and and those who are laboring in that in that part of the vineyard, you know. I'm just happy to be here, bro. And like, let me serve in the name of Jesus. Do you have to go hear some confessions, you know, let me go care for the sick. Let me go, let me go ensure that we're developing good structures on the local level and in these parish boundaries. And... That that's where my heart that's where my heart is. And I and I respect brothers who do have more of a proclivity to serve the greater the greater church at the at that higher end. I'm more in like the Can't lower church. Yeah. It's yeah, not and, easy. And the other
0: thing, like you said, is like it is a thing, right? There are people in the church yeah. designated yes. to and they have a vocation to it. Right. And they're not watching your YouTube channel.
2: No, <laughs> they aren't, and that's that's cool. It's because okay because the intention, yeah. our intention, my intention, is that this show doesn't serve that. Right. It, it serves. It serves people. Here, like our our patrons, I, guess, what I'm I saying. look at the
1: analytics for our show. I've never seen one download or view from Vatican City.
2: I thought we do have one. The sister from Boston uh, e- emailed me and she says she worked in the Vatican oh, and okay. she's like, I'm well, going back to make sure that we had a download. Maybe, maybe she show. worked in the
1: Vatican and she was just outside of the square. and like She one was the in Boston. She
2: was in Boston. Okay.
1: But I've never seen a view for the Vatican. Okay, so
2: sister, if you're still with us, I hope you are. <laughs> download a show in Vatican uh-huh. City.
1: But my point is, is that, look.
2: That's not we, what we're doing. That's not
1: what we're doing. And I, I love the idea that, like Mother Teresa, look, if you can't feed 100 people, feed one. Yeah. Look, if you can't influence and change church politics and the liturgy, influence it in your home. Mm-hmm. Influence it in your own heart. Start there. Yeah. And, I mean, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Um, I remember, I mean... You can't save anybody else. Only Jesus saves. Yeah. So have trust in the church that Jesus founded, mm-hmm. and then work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, because you're not going to. Mm-hmm. And and be Put aware,
0: pressure. be aware that this phenomenon is recent. Yeah, and there are people who profit from division. Oh yeah, man. Uh, in, in a singular way, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like this is this draws people's attention back to their platforms. It is good for business. You have to back up and realize the situation that we're living in, right? Mm-hmm. At least, you know.
1: Yeah. And I don't think it's always, you know, all these people are always intentionally just saying it's good for business, but it becomes a feedback loop. Look, I say this, I yep. get more views. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm making an impact. And I think, again, looking at the good they're seeking, yeah. they're trying to seek reformation in the they church. They
0: are. They are. I really believe that. I do. But I I do think the, the, the systems that are running this stuff – The platforms underneath
1: that and undergirding that are there for that reason. reason. Now, real quick, before we continue this conversation, I just want to mention one thing that you don't have to like, but I am positive that you will like. Mm. And that's the number one Catholic prayer app, and that's
0: Hollow. You will love it. You
2: will love it. You don't have to like it. I love love
0: this uh, saying. It says, I need this app it's put quiet, prayerful time with God back in my life. And it's it's that's perfect because it's so hard mm-hmm. to begin prayer for many, many people. So I know if, even for me daily, yeah. this is the impetus, right? This mm-hmm. is something that you can begin, hit play, mm-hmm. close your eyes, and, let, and allow guided meditation to help you. And I, I use it now for my kids. There's like preparing for mass for my children, yeah. stuff like that. It's just amazing how much content is in this app it's really like the only
2: app you need for a prayer life and and let's face it life could be absolutely stressful you know what you used to do in a smoke break i'm gonna go take 15 minutes and just kind of go kind of relieve some stress this is a way better way to take a break Mm -hmm. even in the middle of your day hop into a, a, a 10 minute 15 minute exercise and meditation and really Open your heart to God. This app helps you with a robust library of resources and Catholic traditions and Catholic prayers that's going to help articulate that prayer life and communication with God. And what I love about it, too, is just the, the sense that at any moment of the day or night, there are suitable prayers yeah for you to be able to commune with God and others and to realize that this is the number one app, Catholic app in the app store. The amount of people that have prayed through this app and realizing the the solidarity of that, you know, it's been prayed, oh, one, over one billion prayers have been prayed through this app and the leadership of of the creators of this app. So big shout-out to Hallow.
1: Yeah, so go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Hallow. You could try this app out a 100% free. Give it a try and see if it's something that works for you and benefits your prayer life. It's got daily gospel readings. It's got reflections and meditations. It's got sacred music, sleep stories, novenas, litanies, prayer challenges. It's groups. Got, it's I'm got a group. prayer groups. It's got all kinds of cool things p- led by, like, you know, Father Mike Schmitz, who's your guy, and Jonathan Rumi, Bishop Barron, all t- Father uh, Johnson, all kinds of great people who will help you in your prayer life. So again, CatholicTalkShow dot forward slash hollow to try it out for free.
2: And what's concerning for each of us on this show, you know, no matter where you are and the opinions that you may have, we are very open to what you have to say. So make sure that you're sharing in the comments section below to our patrons, to our followers on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, to all the people who support the show and follow us and subscribe on YouTube. And if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you click that button right underneath the video on YouTube. Subscribe, click the little bell, give us a little thumbs up. It helps our show reach different people. Do people have to like the Pope? I think we've established,
1: not necessarily. Not necessarily, but you do have to like this. You've got to like like (laughs) it. I think it's in canon law. And, And something
2: that, you know, no matter where your opinion, rests, you know, we need to have an appropriate observation of the teachings Mm -hmm. of the Pope. We got to have respect and we've got to have the attitude of prayer and support for him. So we're going to conclude this show with prayer. The USCCB put together a beautiful prayer on their website for the Pope. So let us pray in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, shepherd and ruler of all the faithful. Look favorably on your servant Francis, whom you have set at the head of your church as her shepherd. Grant, we pray, that by word and example, he may be of service to those over whom he presides, so that together with the flock entrusted to his care, he may come to everlasting life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. 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 May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. God bless you. Let's continue to pray for our Pope, and let's continue to celebrate the unity that we all have in Christ. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.